You're listening to Food Trucks in Babylon, a Western Seminary podcast with Dr. Todd Miles and Dr. Patrick Schreiner. Listen as they discuss matters of faith, theology, and culture in a post-Christian world. Hey everyone, this is Patrick. I just wanted to give a little preamble to this episode. We actually recorded this episode uh, a few weeks back and we were planning on releasing it in our second season, but we thought there might be some helpful things in terms of what we're going through currently with the coronavirus. So what we're speaking of is digital church, internet church, but keep in mind as we speak, we were speaking before the pandemic hit and so we were trying to think Everything else is normal. How do we interact with virtual online church? So there are going to be things that apply, but then there's also going to be things that we actually didn't realize all this was coming, so forth and so on. So we hope you enjoy the episode, but I want you to keep that in mind. We have guests on there, uh, some pastors from around the town. One of them is uh, Jay Kim, and and he we're going to speak about his book, which is just coming out now. He also runs Regeneration Podcast, so I'd encourage you to check it out. But I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you find it helpful. And that's it. So here we go. We have some special guests with us today. We're going to talk about Internet Church, and we just had a conference actually yesterday when you're listening to us. This is probably a few months ago, but we had a conference, Western Seminary and Crossroads Church in Vancouver had a conference discussing what do we do with the rise of technology and church and the intersection between those two. So Actually, have, it, it goes on today. It's a two-day thing. It's a two-day We're just thing. on Western's okay. campus. Yeah. They didn't invite me to be a part of it. They That's just, true. We did not invite you, Patrick. Exactly. It's true. They didn't yeah. want my voice in this, but now I get to say something because they're on the podcast totally. with us. Yes. So. <laughs> Anyways, we have some guests with us, so I'm going to have them go around just really quickly and introduce themselves. So why don't we just go around this way and uh, yeah yeah totally well yeah. thanks patrick my name is jay kim and uh, i'm a pastor in the silicon valley of california and uh wrote a book called analog church which sort of delves into this and nice looking forward to the about to the come chat. out but when you're listening to this it's already out. out yeah, yeah that's yeah. right that's great with ivp right yep yep that's, IVP. that's great that's yeah. great yeah so by the time you've heard this, if you didn't buy it, you've lost your discount. Like, go back in time. <laughs> you mean the yeah. $1.80 discount? Totally, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is Gary Bashir's. I'm a professor of theology. Gary's back. Gary's back yeah. again. You know, you've heard Gary a lot on this, but he's Sorry. back. So yeah. He's so back. back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm Gabe Moreno. I'm the executive pastor of ministries at Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington, and I oversee the internet campus. Great, great. So I'm going to just turn it over to Gabe here yes. since you oversee the internet campus, and let's just define quickly what we're talking talking about what is this that you all are doing right. so that we can have a good discussion and actually know what we're yeah, talking about to no, begin wonderful. with. Yeah, wonderful. That's so good. So for us, uh, Internet Campus might be a misnomer in that uh, really it's an Internet strategy. Uh, we, uh, we definitely do not advocate for an online-only strategy. Okay. So whereas there are other church movements that are exclusively online and even some app-only, app-based driven uh, church expression. So for us, uh, really, Internet Campus is is really the result of a very intentional evangelistic outreach. And okay. so leveraging technology to do evangelism. Our church is very passionate about evangelism, pulpit yeah. evangelism. And almost in every 
group gathering that we have at Crossroads. It's all evangelistically based. And so what we found is in order to leverage current content, mm-hmm. um, the internet was the printing press of our time Yeah, right. Uh, in trying to use that as effectively as possible. Okay. So can you just explain kind of briefly what that looks like? 100%. Yeah. 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 That's great. Cool. Yeah. So um, our, our pastor, like I said, uh, really stands on the shoulders of uh, our founding pastor at Crossroads, Dr. Bill Ritchie, mm. who uh, for decades utilized radio to reach out yeah. and, and reach people. So even to this day, now the church is quite, um, you know, intergenerational. And uh, the bulk of those people who are in that older demographic were there because of radio. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, you have the radio generation, and then you have the internet generation, right. the people who right. heard about I Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and those two things converge on the Crossroads campus, both physically and then online. And it is really quite beautiful to see because... Uh, it, it's it's an intersection. It's where people kind of connect. And so, yeah, so we leverage uh, Facebook, YouTube, um, starting to get into some other platforms uh, as well as our online platform. But really to get the message of Jesus out to the community, uh, we see people, we give people an opportunity to respond to an altar call online, to fill out connection mm-hmm. cards online. Um, um couple limited sacraments are you're able to transfer well online um but really just a thriving community there online okay yeah great yeah so what kind of i'm gonna pitch it back to you one more time but what kind of fruit have you seen from this have you seen people um enter the church through this and and come physically because i know you you kind of presented a spectrum there in terms of some what is it tv church is doing completely online is that is that correct i think i've heard of tv church but i haven't really checked it out there are several that are completely online and you send an avatar in and right pick your avatar music vr church yeah yeah yeah. 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 is this like um Princess Leia, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, we need your help. <laughs> is that what we're talking about? That's a hologram. Yeah, that's a hologram. Yeah, we're just, that's we're what just I'm waiting for. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Like yeah. Tupac at yeah. the music festival. So yeah, Coachella. He was like, oh, right. Yeah. Well, we're not that, to that no. technology, but I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah. yeah. I want to be an avatar of you, Patrick. Yeah. I want an avatar of you. Yeah, I'm, me. I, how long will the mustache As be? long as yeah. the mustache is yeah. represented on the avatar, I'm okay. I'll settle um, for a bobblehead. Bobblehead, Gary. Okay, so there's this, there's at least a spectrum it sounds like you guys aren't quite where where they would be in terms of purely online right oh not at all right yeah, yeah. And, and i think because obviously you have a physical presence correct so is yeah. the goal to get people to the church physically yeah or a campus physically you, you know what's so campuses? funny the goal is to get people saved yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly sorry exactly yeah, yeah. we're so yeah. old school yeah. Um, yeah yeah it's pretty old school but yeah. the, the goal is like get the gospel out there yeah um pastor daniel records these two minute messages on facebook and, okay. and he uses the term like chumming the water right and uh it's very unchurched language um we catch a lot of flack because he doesn't cite bible verses but he's like look i'm not trying to do church online i'm trying to chum the water to be where the people are yeah uh, to hopefully get them to watch a three-minute sermon clip where i cite the scriptures um so so yeah it's yeah. A, it's a, it's a strategy an intentional right. strategy but to evangelize people gotcha. once we yeah. see them respond um yeah the goal isn't even to necessarily get them to come to crossroads because a number of the people I mean, it's thousands and thousands of people who are now nowhere near the area. Right. So one of the things that blesses my heart is to, what gotcha. we found is that there's like three buckets. Mm-hmm. There's people who don't go to church. Yeah. There's people who won't go to church. And then there's people who can't go. Mm-hmm. And so meeting those three buckets where they're at and, have, and encouraging them to take those next steps, I think that's really what 
like adds jet fuel to our fire. Mm. Um, and so th- based on where we are in those buckets, a next step for you might look differently. Yeah. But we get excited for all of them. Cool. That's really good. Even if it means going to a, a local church in your side, of, we would recommend that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Tell so, about the Canadian couple you showed us yesterday. Yeah. That's a good example of, of yeah, what people tr- think of when they think of internet. Yeah, Troy and Lisa, she's uh, very tech savvy. They're out in, in, in Canada and um, they stumbled upon Crossroads. They're nowhere near like a, a church where that, that can that they can participate in. And so they're mm. very active online. Is that because they're in Canada? It's because they're in Canada. <laughs> in the woods. There's just maple syrup. I'm sorry, Canadians who are listening. No, it's just there and there are people there. I know there are. No. There are some. <laughs> Uh, they're good. they're up in the Calgary area, okay. but remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. remote. Yeah, but somehow, hey, internet connection works. You know? Okay, and so yeah. for them, they feel very much a part of that community. Good. And yeah, and uh, we actually relied on them. Like, hey, let us know how our processes work. Like, right. were you able to volunteer and go through our volunteer onboarding process? And is that broken? And okay. like, we want to do this better. So we we try to think of it from the end user's point of view, and, okay. and really want to work on that process. Good. So Jay, you've written this book. Have you interacted with some of this in terms of it seems like your book is moving towards more physical presence. Yeah. Um, just give me some thoughts about this in terms of your give interaction. The title with this. of your book. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, bo- a- yeah. the book is called Analog Church. Yeah. And the subtitle is Why We Need Real People, Places, and Things mm. in, in the Digital Age. Yeah. And, uh, Dude, Gabe, thank you so much for sharing all that. It's like yeah, um, fist, for, bump. fist yeah, bump. Yeah, well, you're in the you can't yeah. see it, but it happened. <laughs> you got to believe us. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that's interesting for me, when we talk about online church or virtual church or whatever, uh, it's not monolithic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not right. like, oh, when we say that phrase, I mean, Gabe just very beautifully, eloquently explained it. It, it, we have an assumption that that just means a church that doesn't care about physical presence. They just want you to go on your computer and watch some content and right, leave. Right. And that's real. Those mm-hmm. are, there are churches like that. Crossroads is not one of those churches. So right. it's not monolithic. You right. know, we need, I think probably an expansive um, dictionary of words to describe the different yeah. ways we use online. Uh, Gabe, I love what you said. It's about leveraging the technology in order to do much more than, what the technology can do. And I think that's probably digital technology and its intersection with ecclesiology at its finest is that when we put it in its rightful place, and that's really what I'm trying to do in the book essentially is to argue, listen, I'm not asking anybody to become a Luddite, you know, we're recording this (laughs) and people are listening because of digital technology. And that's a tremendous benefit. Um, But my concern has been that so often um, churches begin to sort of recklessly lean into the technologies of the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And when we do that recklessly and carelessly, it has deep implications and tremendous influence in unknowing ways even on our ecclesiology, mm-hmm. on the way mm-hmm. we think about and the way we teach people what it means to be the church, the gathered people mm-hmm. of God. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to tackle. I mean, you know, Gabe, you mentioned the printing press earlier, the print age, and right. and that's such a great example, right? Like yeah. when Gutenberg's printing press came out 15th century right. and it put books in the hands of the masses, dude, it changed everything in the yeah. church. Yep. Like that's literally, right? right? Yep. Like yep. from the structure of the gathering mm-hmm. to um, the replacing of the communion table with the sermon as sort of the centerpiece. I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad. It's actually 
huge benefits in terms of um, the rise of systematic theology kind of right. comes out of that era. Even the way gathering spaces like were designed architecturally begins mm -hmm. to change. They begin right. to reflect books, you know, it's, yeah. it's wild stuff. And that's been true with like the broadcast age and television studios and mega churches that look like, yeah. you know, seating for audiences instead right. of congregations. My concern with the digital age is that the digital age and its technologies are for the first time in human experience um, proactively working toward disembodied realities in human experience. So digital technologies are the first technologies in human history where the goal is actually to have you have an ex to allow us to have experiences where we don't physically have to show up anywhere. Right. right. And I think that has deep implications for how we understand what it means to be mm. the church and not just the church, but as the church um, to grow in more Christ-likeness, mm, which yeah. demands communal, physical, relational mm -hmm. presence with mm. um, one another as we journey alongside Christ together. Yeah. So that's my main concern. So yeah. I, I'm really encouraged to hear, you know, for Crossroads, that's like a front door. That's that's a metaphor I like to use. Yeah, like the front door obviously is important, mm -hmm. but the goal ultimately is to invite folks into the around the kitchen table, mm -hmm. and the living room, and you know. Right. So right. One quite, of, quite Jay, one of the things in I'm thinking church history now. That same accusation was made of the book because I yeah, don't have right. to gather and listen to somebody read the scripture. Yep. And mm. so that was one of the criticisms back after Gutenberg started doing his thing in the Reformation. I don't have to gather to read the scripture. I That's can read right. it at home and it's mm. it's disembodied mm -hmm. from the gathering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm reading a book instead of listening to a person. That was Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm but with it's you. further down that way yeah. to be sure. Yeah, I'm with you, Gary. I think on the front edge of new technologies, we do have to be tempered in the way we yes. think about it. Like even the written word, the Greek philosophers were like, we shouldn't be writing down words. We're gonna lose human memory yes. if we write. Right. And it's like, well, if we didn't write, think about where we would be as a human race, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Well, think how much good our memories are these yeah. days. <laughs> so, yeah, there's give and take there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah and very early on, even backing up further, the Christians adopted a technology of types with a codex because mm. most things were in scrolls. Right. Totally. And then the codex was actually invented, and yeah. the Christians were the one who actually said, hey, this actually works really w well for a unified kind of story yeah. and book that we're putting it all together. So they were the ones who actually took that codex idea and, and proliferated it to, yeah. to the ancient world at that and point. And the mission was always the same, is to is to glorify Christ. Yep. And I think right. the method is something that faithful believers across millennia have been flirting with and, and dating, but they're married to the mission of making Christ known yep. uh, by whatever means necessary. Yeah. And that's why your book is so good, Jay, is try to think through the pluses and minuses mm. of internet right. technology yeah. and social media and those kinds of things. It's yeah. just super. I, I say this because I really like the book. That's mm. why I drove you up here. You've already read it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks, Gary. Yeah. I think good. that the people in your neck of the woods in, in, would, would speak to um, the dangers of, like, you hear about all yeah. those Silicon Valley execs who limit screen time for their own that's children. Right. Can oh, you talk right. a little bit about that? Because mm -hmm. I'm super curious about yeah, what you guys totally, are saying. Yeah, totally, man. Well, Steve Jobs is the prime, was the prime example, right? He mm -hmm. was on the record as saying, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. I don't let my kids use the stuff I make. Right, right. Because he was <laughs> deeply aware of its addictive nature. And right. that's such a great question. I think it is the question, one of the questions that church leaders especially need to be asking, primarily because for, for me, you know, I love what you said earlier, Gary, um, Gabe, about uh, we're just trying to get people saved. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I think by that you and I would, we would all agree by that. What we mean is not simply the decision on the front end, but the long process, the theological word would be the differentiation would be justification and sanctification, Correct. the long process of becoming formed into the, the likeness of, of mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to that part, that all essential part of the process, mm-hmm. digital technologies have a way of like undoing some of the stuff that that it demands, Mm. you know, it's deep, slow, steady, patient, communal work. Mm. And those, those things stand like a direct opposition of the ethos of the digital age, which is like really shallow and fast and instantaneous and isolated and Mm. all those things. So yeah, in the Silicon Valley, I think, you know, there's a bunch of people at our church and a bunch of friends simply because of where I live, who live, who who live their lives in that world and create that stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the most helpful things for me has been surrounded by people who are making the things that we're all using I've sort of gleaned from them a little bit, at least, of the ability to be able to see the stuff as stuff, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. when I grab my phone, yeah, obviously, it's really easy to just fall, you know, like so deep into the, into the sort of, like, social media endless vortex. Um, but because of, because of, just the my proximity to people who make this stuff, uh, I'm I'm often able to look at it and go. Actually, what's really happening is I'm sitting in a room with real people in embodied presence, staring at a at a metal box. Mm-hmm. You know what the I mean? Black mirror. Yeah, like totally, that, like man. That, yeah, absolutely, show. Like the show. So yeah. when we're able to see it for what it is, I, I think it it becomes really mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. Gabe, if somebody accepts Christ on through an internet service mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. What happens next? Yeah. Well, I love that you asked that. So one of the areas where I think Mm -hmm. careless is maybe the wrong word, but we were so optimistic. It's like, we're going to give altar calls. And then we never thought about the back end. And so I was joking at the conference yesterday how the the articulation and the giving of the altar call actually forced us to develop systems. So the guys in the room who drive some of those systems, Scott's in the room right now. Um, But our new believers process has a workflow that we manage through databases Uh, We've looked at open rates on emails and text messages and how do we leverage content Mm -hmm. we've already created so that we can follow up with these people in a meaningful and deep way. Uh, We utilize old school calling people on the phone within 24 hours of a decision. Uh, That's something that also Scott oversees. And what's cool is, yes, it forced us to develop a number of systems, but then we have to seek the Lord and like send the helpers because how do we do this? And so um, we have new believers teams, people who are just excited to be there and phone call, you know, the call center, I think is the phrase that we use. Um, But people who give of their Monday nights and their Wednesday nights to come and just do follow-up phone calls and to connect with people. Uh, Scott and I were talking about earlier, just the the power of of confession. And that's something that happens quite regularly online. James Mm -hmm. says to confess your sins that you might be healed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we see that. So training our folks that way to to be a part, because People, there, there's a plus and a minus through that anonymity that comes through online presence. And people sometimes sh- overshare something that they wouldn't probably share face to face. And so we're dealing with mm-hmm. a number of things. So the equipping, the systems in place, it, it, it's it's a lot. And it those videos? Yep, the videos. Tell <laughs> them about that. That was pretty amazing. Yes, we have um, the two minute videos and then we have discipleship videos that get sent out to people. Um, we follow up with them. There's questionnaires mm. um, and those things just get leaked. Uh, there's a, on a schedule, two to three the first week, and then it, it kind of lessens so that we don't blow up people's inboxes and then they 
delete us. Um, but all, all those things, again, we, we made the joke yesterday, like our life at Crossroads, our workload would be much less if we stopped giving altar calls. <laughs> it would be way easier to just get together, <laughs> have a Bible study and be like, well, see you next week. You know, but the, the actual, the altar call, there's a responsibility mm. um, that we feel is ours. And so it, it's created a quite a big thing for us. Mm. Is there ways that you all try to get people plugged into local communities? Do you have partnerships with churches in different areas? How does that work in yeah. terms of plugging them into an encouraging community that might not be online only, but right. also embodied and physical? Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. So Daniel said this yesterday. He's like, you know what? I, I don't know if I would plug in someone to just any church because right. not right. all churches are just because you have church yeah, yeah, connected yeah. to this mean yeah. you're a safe place sure. yeah. or a place where your soul will be cared for. Yeah, and right. uh, so I feel like I'm, I'm allowed to say that here on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but one of the benefits of, of our pastor being a, a, just an awesome guy who gets to travel out, we're actually gone all next week and a little bit the week after that, just traveling and speaking is that he does have a number of healthy partnerships and relationships. So nice. we're, again, we're not trying to build a, a following in the sense that Facebook and social media wants following. We really want community yeah. and we totally adhere to the church with a big C universal church. Um, and so love to plug people in, in, in areas that we know are safe and, okay. and are Jesus loving, yeah. you know, caring places for sure. And do you guys stay in contact with people after they've been plugged in or does, is there kind of like a release time? I, yeah, that's how a does great that work? question. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think that's an area of growth for us. Let's yeah. circle back. Yep. Um, it could be as easy as the moment the person gets saved, we set a, you know, and we follow up with them and they complete the process to set a, a, a 90 day follow back. Right. And that, that's an area where we yeah. can definitely grow. It reminds me kind of, of the Billy Graham era um, yeah. in terms of, you know, he would come into town and gather thousands and thousands of people. And then as time went on, I don't know if I'm getting this history completely right, but as time went on, they realized like we're, we're not like people are coming forward, but then they started having people come alongside them and even having recommended churches and, and places to plug people in. So they were working through those systems and processes. That infrastructure is yes, like crucial. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, it is a percentage of people who make the decision and, and follow through, right. but I would take the small percentage that do over none, right. over no percentage. Right. Yeah, sure. And you still have, I mean, you go around churches, uh, uh, people have critiques of the Billy Graham era, but at the same time, uh, many of the people serving in churches now are actually hugely affected by Billy yeah. Graham coming into the area and mm -hmm. preaching, and they heard the gospel, and they responded, and they're in church now because yeah. of that. And so yep. uh, no matter what critiques you have, I mean, a lot of the modern-day church is actually built off some of what he did, not him purely, but Correct. he was a huge part of the ministry in the past. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, along those lines, I think one of the things to pay attention to, you know, Daniel Fusco, the lead pastor at Crossroads, is like an incredibly gifted communicator. I mean, just like national speaker, that right. sort of thing. But those guys are really rare, you know, and I think um, and it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of that through the partnerships. And I think that's so important, right, is to figure out a way where if, if someone's initial initial experience of Jesus in some form or fashion is through this incredibly gifted, dynamic, charismatic leader, you know, and then they go to their local church, right? And maybe on paper, at mm -hmm. least, it just feels like, oh, this guy is not as great of a teacher or whatever as Daniel, you know, mm -hmm. and um, that sort of, what do we do there? Which there's just such a, a much more robust sort of ecclesiology than, oh, I, I love this guy's preaching, so I got to go 
to church. And, and I, I think that's a great challenge, especially yeah. in the digital age. Yeah, right. I think about it all the time as a church leader, man, because it's yeah. like every Sunday we show up to church and there's people there, you know, there's that fleshly side of us yeah. that's insecure. And right. we're like, oh, you right. could just stay home and listen, listen to, to as many best Keller. Pr- ever. Yeah, like you can listen to <laughs> all as many them. Keller and Francis oh, yeah. Chan yeah. sermons yeah. as you want. And here you are. Right. But here they are. And that right. matters, you know. Yeah. And so I think that's a challenge, not just for Crossroads, but for all of us yeah. in so many ways. And I think that's where churches need to step up and say it's we're an not just a community where you hear preaching but we're a community together where you're fed yep not just sunday mornings but interpersonally interrelationally yeah where ultimately you're called to participate right that's right that's right a part of because you can't compete with i mean honestly just the the star preachers yeah Yeah. that's right if content is the currency then it's not going to work exactly that's right yeah it has to be experiential yeah sure well we've been going for a little while here we're going to take a break and then come back and keep discussing this My name is Kevin Miller, and I'm in the Theophilus program here at Western Seminary, working on my MDiv. Two things I really love about the Theophilus program. First is the cohort-style learning. Uh, I have come to love and really cherish my time with the people in my cohort. I've been in the program for nine months now, and it's one of my favorite things about being a part of the classes. Second thing I really love about Theophilus is the emphasis on practical application. So whatever we're learning, whether it be uh, hermeneutics or theology, uh, it's always being applied. How does this affect people in our ministry context? Western Seminary serves as a catalyst and resource for spiritual transformation by providing with and for the church advanced training for strategic ministry roles. If you're interested in learning more about Western or starting your application, visit us online at westernseminary.edu. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We're talking about Internet Church, and this is Food Trucks in Babylon, so I need food truck recommendations. You're in Vancouver, Gabe, and you're in Silicon Valley area. Jay, so why don't we start with you, Vancouver yeah. area or Portland? Well, yeah, so track? I lived in Portland uh, for a couple of years, and yep. then I just recently moved to Vancouver. So in Portland, 808 Grinds, okay. uh, which is phenomenal Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And then... Well, do you know where that is? Uh, that's on, oh, gosh, it's by the Taylor Street Fountains. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, great. And then um, in Vancouver, uh, there's a, a really great taqueria. I'm from Mexico, okay. so... Mm. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, they have decent... Tacos okay. in, in, in Vantucky. Nice. Which is what we Vantucky. Vantucky. I'm from Kentucky, so don't say anything else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's great. What about you, Jay? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to make a lot of enemies at home, but the food in the Silicon Valley just doesn't match up with uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So preach. Amen. That'll preach. Amen. I'll, I'm just being honest, yeah. man. It's just real, <laughs> you know? You guys, so. you guys got like nice black boxes called the iPhone, but we've got embodied food. That's no, right. I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, you can't eat your iPad. That's you right. Know? That's so right. Take that. That'll Silicon be the next Valley. step. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, you know, just for dinner last night, uh, I went with some friends to a place that was a food cart i think and now is like a brick and mortar restaurant called hapa ramen pdx oh, okay it's awesome yeah awesome yeah show you ramen 
fish broth. It was just the best. That's great. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump back in here and keep talking about Internet Church. And so, Jay, will you just give us some more specifics in terms of your concerns of what this could turn into? Yeah, what yeah. are the real dangers yeah. that are there? Because we don't want to go there. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I, I think I briefly hit on it a little bit earlier, but I, the best way to say it is I have formational concerns about the digital age. Um, again, I think if we put digital technologies in their rightful place, just like Gabe is saying, they're incredible tools mm -hmm. as sort of initiating spaces for people because you can just, you can, you can introduce yourself and you can introduce Jesus and the gospel to anybody around the world, almost anybody right. around the world. But again, I think when we talk about Christian discipleship, you know, being formed into the likeness of Christ, we would all agree the introduction of the gospel of Jesus is an introduction. Mm -hmm. And and then it's an invitation into a lifelong process. And I think that differentiation is really important for me mm. because if digital technology becomes the sustaining platform for the entirety of the journey, rather than just the introduction, the platform, digital technologies, which are so effective as mediums for introduction, mm -hmm. actually, in my opinion, become harmful as platforms for the, the journey of Christlikeness. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is digital technologies are based on three key values. I, I get into this a little bit in the book, but the values essentially are speed, um, choice, and uh, individualism. So in the digital age, everything is about speed. Everything is about faster, faster, faster. It's about choice. I can pick mm -hmm. anything from anywhere around the world at any time. And it's about individualism. Like I can customize and personalize anything. And now actually I don't even have to customize machine algorithms customized for me. So mm -hmm. my, my feeds and my whatever, what pops up when I open Amazon, all of that stuff is like machines are customizing and curating my digital experience in a way where it's like, oh, this is exactly the stuff I'm looking for. Um, well, the reality is when those values go unchecked, which they have, I think, for so many of us, um, they, turn, they turn in on themselves. So the speed uh, actually makes us incredibly impatient the plethora of choices makes us incredibly shallow because mm. we don't ever have to sink deeply into anything. We just move on to the next thing because mm -hmm. there's endless choices. Mm -hmm. And the individualism actually leads to utter isolation, which like even the spike in rates of depression and anxiety showing that, right? So, and that's the challenge for me because when I think about discipleship to Jesus, discipleship to Jesus is actually a slow and steady, patient work. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's it, it's incredibly deep, and it's by its very nature communal. Yeah. So, like you know, impatience, shallowness, and isolation stand in stark contrast to um, patience and depth and community. Mm -hmm. and, and that's my biggest concern: is that we recognize that the technologies that we are leveraging, if we allow them to go unchecked, and if we actually allow them to go further in the process of helping people become like Christ than they should, they actually counteract the thing we're trying to accomplish, which is um, not just to get people uh, into an introduction to Jesus and the gospel but rather an invitation mm. to mm. a lifelong process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leonard yeah, Ravenhill a uh, long time ago said, the sermon is not a, 
a product. It is a participation. Yeah. And I think that what we are trying to do at Crossroads is to really make clear call to actions. You know, our mission statement, uh, part of it is simply responding to Jesus. So we make really, really clearly defined next steps for people uh, ultimately getting them to the point where they're actually serving online. Like, we don't want you to just here to consume content. We want you to, to actually sign up, go through our volunteer onboarding process, put yourself on a schedule through our database, and show up at your designated service and host and then make people feel welcome, mm. pray for people. Mm. Um, we are launching a, a kind of a missional initiative where every ministry at Crossroads is responsible for doing a 1,000 missional hours in the year. And so as an online community, we're taking on the fight against sex trafficking. Oh, wow. And so it's it's getting a thousand people to do one hour of work, you know, uh, and getting those people there takes a bunch of tiny little steps. It's it's really hard to be. I'm here watching a sermon on Facebook, and tomorrow I'm showing up to stuff envelopes at this organization to help them, you know, fight against sex trafficking. So we have to build a bunch of tiny little steps, and we're doing everything from utilizing um, a gaming platform, uh, Twitch, mm. uh, to, to gamify the, uh, the the sermon experience because it allows us to building little challenges in there to to get people to take those next steps so that ultimately those steps of faith become a, a really well-formed and defined uh, walk of faith. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really good. Scott, say a little bit, because you're actually doing this. What's the process that you're overseeing to help en enable what Gabe is talking about? So I think first off is um, we have some just we have some really incredible volunteers who yeah. we've empowered to take on um, kind of the reins of calling people, um, and following up with them. And I think that as we empower our volunteers, we get a lot of that human contact. A lot of the volunteers that I have are a direct result of Jesus's Real Radio or um, our internet campus or a Facebook check-in. Um, so we're already seeing kind of the benefits of this um, online reach. Um, and I think that because they were reached out to, someone someone came alongside them and, and called them and said, hey, we want to see you at church. We want to see you at our physical campus. You know, for a lot of our local people, that's what happened. Somebody followed up with them. They they may have responded at a Easter service or something like that, and someone followed up with them. So even our in-house follow-ups having this uh, the same kind of methodology, we want to reach out to them. We want to make um, a relationship with them. We want to keep kind of a note on how they're doing. What does their family look like? How can we be in prayer for them. So the next time that I contact them, I have some, some context. And so I think that as we, you know, like, like it's been said is, is building relationship with people, you know, the, the journey into discipleship is, is committing to intimacy. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we really want to do. And that's something that our volunteers are really passionate about. Yeah. So I think that in one way we're, we're really benefited because the people that volunteer at Crossroads really want to be intimate mm -hmm. with the people that they're contacting. So I, I think that um, you can have the best processes in the world, but if you don't have people who care, yeah, then those mm -hmm. processes aren't what they're supposed to be. I Scott, guess. it's right. similar to like the, the Celebrate Recovery community. Like the people whose lives have been transformed through Celebrate Recovery, they become the biggest advocates for it. And they're like, man, I want to go back in there and save people the way I was saved. Uh, so I, I, that's a really rad take, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of, Jay, you brought up formation in terms of one of the concerns. One of the pieces that I'm thinking through from kind of a teacher perspective of what is church and how do we define what church is. 
And so in the New Testament, you have ecclesia is yep. the term, the gathering of, ch- of for church. And it's based on the gathering of the Old Testament saints, even yep. at Mount Sinai, just kind of the gathering of that sacred assembly. And then in the Reformation, they define the church as the right preaching of the word, the right uh, practice of the sacraments. And they actually added as well the right uh, practice of church discipline. Yep. And so one of my concerns is how do you be the church if there's, no embodied community and there's no right practice of the sacraments which the sacraments are a piece that I, you brought that up early i'd love to hear about this just in terms of uh, if you if you depends how you define what the sacraments are Correct. first of all yeah. but if you just go to baptism and lord's supper those are very embodied realities because it's water rushing over your head or being sprinkled on your head whatever whatever way you go there uh and then the sacraments in terms of the lord's supper is taking in food to your body and so it's a very yeah. like you have to be there communally present yep and um yeah just just how, how you all think through like even calling it internet church is that like ch- what is church how do we define what church is have you guys thought through that in terms of how you're moving forward and thinking yeah. through this. Yeah, so for us, you know, we refer to it as the the, the iCampus, you know, okay. campus. We yep. view it as its own distinct gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're careful not to use the, the word church, uh, so gotcha. we say yeah. the iCampus. Okay. Um, so that's one. We do, uh, at the top of every service, I mean, we have people on live in front of a camera. Hey, you guys, we're excited to be gathered here today. We're going to be taking communion together, so right now, stop what you're doing Go grab your elements, and we're going to mm. walk through this together online. Uh, that's one. Mm. Now, Pastor Daniel joked about it yesterday. You know, that, that's the only hang-up if, if, if you have, like, a transubstantiated Eucharistic view, mm. then you're uh, stuck there, and you can't yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, so that's one. So that we do facilitate communion uh, online that way and pray with people and explain the elements, and then mm. we take it together. We have people comment, you know, hey, let us know what you took communion with. One guy's like, I was camping, so I had toast and coffee. And I'm like, okay. He's <laughs> like, I didn't want to miss the service. I'm sorry. This is all I have. And they're like confessing yeah. in the yeah. comment section. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of unpack that. The baptism piece, we haven't cracked that piece. Okay. I've been invited to be flown yeah. out and do like meetups mm-hmm. where we have large pockets and congre- uh, congregations of people to that get together. And like, mm-hmm. would Crossroads ever come out and hold a baptism? I, I don't want it to be all about Crossroads. Uh, I would love for it to be a partnership with a local church yeah. showing up. Hey, I'm here. Let's do a meetup. Let's do a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Let's share a meal together. Yeah. And then we're going to hold a baptism service. So those are things that we have yet to crack the code on. You know, one of the things yeah. interesting, I was involved in big con- worldwide conference call on internet church. And there's a, there's a group that starts in Amman, Jordan, okay. wow. that reaches into the Arabic world, mm-hmm. much of which is Muslim. Right. And they're reaching into Iran in places wow. where they can't go. Right. The toughest one is out of London, and it's reaching into Iran, and it's doing it in Persian. Mm. Wow. And you cannot, you cannot, cannot do stuff openly in Iran. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're Anglicans, so they're, they're not transubstantiation, but you have to have an ordained guy there to make it real. Mm. And what they're doing is they're having an ordained guy in London on... Uh, video, yeah, 
participating with a local guy who has some standing in the little group that's meeting there in wilds of Iran. And the guy in London gives his credence to the guy in Iran who's actually doing the sprinkling in their case. There's ways to get around it, even in a high church environment, (laughs) if you're serious for Jesus. And yesterday at the conference, I mean, people got stuck on this point, right? Like, how do you vet someone online? That's a very curated uh, version of themselves. How dare you? You know, it got kind of heated. It was cool. It was a good Mm. discussion. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, everything, we, we always say, like, the safest church is the one that doesn't take any risks. It's the one that has its door closed. That's the safest church ever. Um, it's all about risk and how much you're willing to take and how much you're willing to be invested. And, yeah. And that, yeah. You know, I, I love those examples. Um, and again, like I said early, it, it's not monolithic. So uh, that's like, man, it's inspiring to me to hear about these parts of the world where digital technology is taking the gospel in ways that otherwise would have been impossible. Um, my major concern, though, is that those stories don't then get leveraged in such a way that hyper-consumeristic, and we're all hyper-consumeristic living here in the West, you know? Uh, not all, but we're most of us. Hyper-individualistic. <laughs> hyper-individualistic, right. hyper-everything's-personalized and convenient, and in, at the touch of a button or a swipe of a finger in my back pocket. Uh, you know, I, th- I think my concern is that we don't um, say, man, look at the way it's taken the gospel to these parts of the world where it otherwise wouldn't have gone, it's a great thing. So I'm just going to do the same. I, I think to your point, Patrick, earlier, we have to get to that place where we say, okay, how do we take ourselves as deep, as deeply as we can into what it means to be the church? So for example, along those lines, you know, you take the underground church in China, for example, which digital technologies for a long time were an incredibly helpful and still are an incredibly helpful process in, in the way Christ is, um, uh, uh, coming to change lives in that country. However, they also then literally risk their lives to gather. Like that's why it's called right. underground right. churches. Cause, cause they're going to prison and you mm-hmm. know, like to physically gather still, right. you right. know, because they, they realize, okay, we got to keep going. Like, it's not just, it's not enough. And, and I'm encouraged that crossroads is, is trying to wrestle with those questions because yeah. right. they, and I, and I love your candor and your honesty, Gabe, about, you know, there are pieces we haven't cracked yet. And I'm, I'm going to pray and hope that you do, because again, I think digital technologies as initiating spaces are incredible, but what we can't do is feed the consumeristic mindset that, Oh, this is it, dude. I got my 40 minute sermon and it was awesome. And I feel great. And I'm, you know, I've had my, my, you know, encouragement for the day and that's just, that's not the church, right? Right. That's church is so much more than that. Like you said. And one of the other concern maybe I'd have is that we're redefining what these things are in the doing of them over maybe online. So I'm not sure historically the church would say, that like Lord's Supper, you can do that even individualistically. I would agree with you. Yeah, Andrew McGowan writes about yes, this yeah, extensively. Yes, ancient about, Christian worship. Yep, yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how the table is the table for the community of Christ right. um, that you don't take. It's a covenant yeah, participation, right. which means it's it's necessarily communal. But then it gets into what does communal mean? Like that's you know, exactly like, right. if you're mm. online <laughs> together, is that yeah. a community? Yep. What does that look like? So, yeah, it's a lot of it comes down to even. Def- going back to ecclesiology and defining terms and what, what are these things? And as technology increases, 
as you have um, barriers to do certain things, how do you, how do you perform these things? Yeah. Those are hard questions to answer. Yeah. How do you, how do you experience them, perform them, participate in yeah, them participate in, in a communal good. way that really truly connects you as a community? And I, I'm not arguing that it's impossible online. I think we would all agree it's more effective mm. shoulder to shoulder. Um, but I'm grateful for churches that are wrestling with how much can we do um, digitally, you know, and I haven't cracked that either. So mm. I'm just going to wait for you. Is there a model on. that you guys are looking to, or are you guys pioneers in this in terms of <laughs> definitely not pioneers, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but are you like looking to someone like following, like, is anyone else doing this in the way that you're seeing? Like, man, I'd love to do it like that because you yeah. mentioned some more negative examples mm, in yeah. terms of like fully online stuff. Right. I just didn't know if you guys were watching some others. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we have the, the regular key players. I was talking to Gary about this. Uh, you know, the, the Life Church guys have been so generous. Um, take our phone calls, do video conferences with mm. us. Um, I love, uh, I mean, Saddleback and, and um, Elevation Church do a really good job as far as connecting people on the community, they, like a good way to find a group in your area. Okay. Um, yeah. So I do love that component. Um, but yeah, we, we really do are highly collaborative in this. But I, I would say the, the, the lane where we, I think, are unique is the evangelistic thing. Like, that's the thing where we're going to run in. That's that's our sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and other churches do other things super, super well. Spiritual formation, discipleship, very important. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. definitely up there. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, like, the vehicle that we drive will vary, but the lane stays the same. It's evangelism. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Gabe, can I ask you a question mm -hmm. just really quick? Um, I'm curious to know sort of, you know, the, the cult of Christian celebrity it, you know, it, it wasn't born out of the digital age. It, it existed long before that, but the digital age is giving us technologies that's accelerating it in, in crazy ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you guys ever talk about that and how you wrestle with that? Like, mm. is this a per man? We got to like, what's the balance between the, this being a personality driven right. mechanism versus right. a real, yeah. I'm just curious about that. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciate about pastor Daniel is out of 52 weeks, he preaches 36, sometimes less. Mm -hmm. And so the reason is, is he's, uh, he's only been in that seat for about seven years. So really that's a young startup. Um, so he's at the point now where that number 36 is getting less and less, and he's really developing like a teaching team of which I'm on that team. Mm. Um, so I do see churches, uh, North coast, I think does that too, mm -hmm. like a split yep. team model. And I think that might be a healthier yeah. moving away from that soul celebrity. Mm. But again, it's leveraging what you have when you have it. Um, but I do think that we're, we're, I think a teaching team model might help aid that in some ways. Yeah. Um, but again, we, we don't, we're not ashamed of, of how Daniel uses that. People recognize yeah, him. Course. I think um, it, it's super helpful the way his approach is and just how real he is. Um, but that is something that we're aware of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've got the Kardashians on one side where it's, <laughs> wow. they're here. Uh, exactly. Our no, model. You saying yeah. the, the Crossroads Kardashians? <laughs> well, is that no, what you're saying? No, no, no. But yeah. I'm so glad. Which okay. one is, yeah. wait, where is this going? Uh, yeah. Dave is Kim or, uh, whichever one is Kanye. Kanye West. I, I want to yeah. be, yeah, there you go. Uh, but so you've got the other side there. You've got Peter in the first century or Isaiah and the reason they're famous is because they're glorified Jesus and people want to be like that. That's right. They want to glorify Jesus too. So celebrity, what you're celebritizing mm. is a key thing. Being well known for Jesus is a celebrity of a sort. Yeah. 
but it's not the Kardashians, I'm glad to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. he brought it back. <laughs> in terms of the scripture, it's kind of interesting that you have, and I'm just throwing this out there because I've been thinking through it even with our online education, that Paul in First Thessalonians says, I want to be with you face to face, but I can't. So he actually <laughs> writes this letter, which is a form of using the technology of yep. the time, but his greatest desire is like, I want to be with you. I'm gonna. He actually sends Timothy over there because he can't. He says Satan hindered him. Yeah. And then he writes the letter and says, here's what we need to talk about. And he ends up going back to visit them. But th- there's a great balance, I feel like, of kind of prioritizing. I want to be with you face-to-face. It's not possible right now, so I'm going to use the means that I have. I'm going to write to you. I'm going to send yeah. Timothy. I am going to come back around and visit you to make sure everything's okay. And so I-, I just keep on going back to that example in terms of both both a priority and a willingness to use what he has to communicate with yeah. them. Yeah, so. that's spot on, man. I'm with you. You know, uh, last night I'm, I'm here in Portland, um, so I FaceTime with my family, mm-hmm. you know, my yeah. wife, my yeah. two little kids, right? Scratches an itch. Which but is it's awesome. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. But what does it do is like it scratches the itch, and then once I hang up, the itch is greater, and now I'm like, yeah. oh, tonight I go home, that's land right. at 830, and yeah. I give them real hugs. Yeah. And I think that's where we're all trying to get. Leverage the technology, but embed in people a, a deeper journey yeah. that creates that sort of longing for one another and and for jesus and for the community mm. of of the body for the people who simply can't attend church we are setting them up for failure when we make the case that only physical attendance is true participation you know like mm. they're getting beat they beat themselves up for it mm. there's a number of people who serve online uh who like pastor gabe i, I found crossroads because my mom was sick and like mm. i couldn't go to church yeah and I felt like God was done with me. Like there was nothing I could contribute. There's no more I could do. Um, and again, w- what we're seeing, the most committed people, like Scott was saying, are the people who couldn't attend church, but there was something there to catch them, some kind of a net, and that they were able to be brought back in and nursed back to health uh, to the point where they could participate. So th- that that was for us, yeah. like m- yeah. trying to meet that need yeah. um, and hearing those stories was huge. And that's where yeah. at Grace Community, Gresham, my church, that we're new in this whole thing. We just started doing Facebook Live our primary thing has been people who can't come to church, members of our congregation uh, that just love grace, but their physical stuff, they mm. can't yeah, come. Can't they're come. in nursing homes or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're literally crying. I get to be with you guys, not yeah. just listen to a podcast. Yeah. Mm. The other thing I'd like to say too, is we tend to think physical presence. We think of 90 minutes on Sunday morning. That's not what we're after for mm. crying out loud. Mm. That's right. We're trying to get people beyond the 90 minutes on Sunday morning into community groups and real service That's for right. Jesus. So we're all in the same process. How do we bring it to where you really get to know people in the real life so they can become disciples and servers for Jesus. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Maybe this is why we need house churches, though, also for uh, people who are shut in at home. You go meet with them. You know what I mean? Like you go yeah. bring, you go gather to yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. I wonder I a, just in the early church, there had to be people like that as well oh, who, totally, who couldn't yeah. get out and were lame or whatever, just health wise, couldn't get out. I wonder if that was some of the impetus for house church. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I have a great friend uh, down in the Bay area who leads a, a really large church. Um, Isaac Serrano, that many of us know. Oh, yeah. And he leads a large church in the Bay area. And one of their campuses, they record his ser- or whoever's teaching that they preaching, they record the sermon. And then one of their worship leaders takes the video to um, an elder care facility in that's town. Cool. They play the video of the sermon, and yeah. then the worship leader leads him. Oh, just that's awesome. Person. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, okay, boom. Yeah. There's yeah. technology leveraged in beautiful incarnation. It's like the ways. microchurch movement, too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Mingo similar. and yep. those guys. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
it's cool well this has been really good i feel like we're just scratching the surface so much more to talk about but um we've got to get off here so buy jay's book and read it, buy read jay's it. go to crossroads online <laughs> and Let's see go. it there you go yeah thanks so much guys for coming on this thank has you, been thank great you. Yeah. yeah thanks thanks for listening to food trucks in babylon the music you hear is provided by our friends at humble beast records if you like the show, please leave us a review and feel free to subscribe. To learn more about Western Seminary, visit us at westernseminary.edu. 